Welcome to DER Weekends, where, unlike the Detroit Evening Report during the week, where we focus on the news of the day, we spend some time with the people and places that make Detroit special. Today, we are joined by Tia Graham. Hey, Tia. Hello, hello. How are you? And our DER listeners, of course, are very familiar with you as one of the hosts of the Detroit Evening Report. But I always like to ask, tell us something we don't know. Tell us, give us something about Tia Graham. That no one knows. I'm not going to say no one knows. Oh, well. I have a big family and uh, family is important to me. So I make sure that I spend as much time with them on the holidays or just hanging out on the weekends or maybe just a, a Sunday family dinner. Just try to stay connected with my family as much as possible. That touches my heart. I have a small family, but a close family. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate family. Yeah. And um, you are bringing today an incredibly Detroit story. I'm so excited about this. Tell us about the story we're going to hear today. Yes. So one day it just kind of snowballed, but I got an idea. Uh, We had a holiday coming up and I said, you know, uh, techno is very important in the city of Detroit. We're seeing a a real huge push to preserve techno and preserve its uh, legacy here in the city. And so I thought to myself, well, I hear stories or heard stories growing up my whole life about this show called The Scene and what it meant growing up, coming home after school to watch it, to get influenced uh, by the music or influenced for fashion or different things, wanting to be on the show, possibly getting a chance to be on the show. So I said, well, I don't know if I have the opportunity, but I'm going to try to see if I can reach out to Nat Morris, who was one the host of the scene during the late 70s into the 80s. And it was very, uh, it was a very interesting conversation just to hear the nostalgia, they hear the, the 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 love and the passion he still has in his voice for the scene and what he brought to the city of Detroit and the artists that he was able to bring into the city and uh, in front of a lot of kids, kids at that time who turned into my parents and my aunts and my uncles and so many other people. So, uh, yeah, we're going to listen to this conversation I uh, had with Nat Morris, as well as David Rudolph, who was one of the dancers on the scene and um, go from there. Awesome. Let's do that. What's the name of this town? Detroit! Are you ready to throw down? Yes, Hey, what can I say? It never been said. We go to the opening spread. That's Nat Morris, the host of the dance show, The Scene. The scene was on the air for 12 years, from 1975 to 1987, and is fondly remembered by people who grew up watching Morris and the artists he would highlight. Morris comes from the South, North Carolina to be exact, along with Ray Henderson, the two original hosts of the dance program. Henderson left the show and Morris became the sole host of the scene. He says recently he uncovered how the show's name was based on the historic black neighborhood Paradise Valley. Recently, I was told by Jan Desjardins that he is the one who named the show The Scene, uh, where the flame show bar, where all of the black bars were uh, during the 40s and the 50s and 60s. That area, he says, was called, you know, The Scene, basically an area where blacks uh, frequented on the weekend. And he suggested that name, and that's the name that they went with. The scene. You hit the scene. Yeah, 
the scene, you know, it's like that's where all of the happenings were. The scene quickly became a must-watch show for many on the first black television station in the nation, WPGR-TV. It was a ritual, after-school or after-work delight for parents and kids alike. The show was a lot of things to different people, but for some, just being able to dance on the show, well, that would have been a dream come true. You know, it was like where music and pop culture, all of that just sort of came together. And dance and dance moves. I mean, back then, we prided ourselves on how well you danced and, and then how well you dressed. I mean, there was some the fashions were off the chain back then. I mean, I have, I have photographs of myself. And even to this day, I mean, it's like, people, you know, I've had friends say, man, did you dress like that for real? But it always takes them back to that happy place where being in high school was, was, was cool. David Rudolph is a native Detroiter, MSU grad, and works in public relations throughout the city of Detroit and is a former dancer on the scene. Rudolph says his cousin danced on the show and he knew what he wanted to do as soon as he got old enough. My father, you know, spoke to somebody, got me a, a, an audition. And so I went and, uh, you know, I auditioned on several occasions. Eventually, I was selected in, in um, so when they would have like sort of dance auditions, it would be before it was before the live show. So I, um, I guess I did pretty good. Rudolph danced for four years on the show throughout his entire high school career. He became a recognizable face and would even be stopped at Northland and Fairlane because of the show. I mean, people would stop me and they'd be like, "Oh, I see you on TV." I guess at at, at my at my best, um, that I even got fan mail. So. You know, and I imagine that a kid that's like 16 getting fan mail for dancing on the scene. So, yeah, there was times that probably I thought I was like the man. He says there were so many exciting things about dancing on the scene because people took pride in being a good dancer. He had the opportunity to meet with people who we would refer to as classics today, but then they were just getting their start. Of course, Matt Morris, you know, being the host was was definitely like, uh, you know, the man about town. Dancers come from all around, the crown in this here geek town, the latest steps and the latest style, pretty faces and pretty smiles, we're looking good, everybody's clean, so sexy, clock is time for the scene. Who's this? Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Napoleon. Napoleon. Ruthie. And Bridget. Now you three ladies I haven't seen you on the show that much. First time? Second time. Second time. Fourth. Fourth. Hey, hope you have big fun on the super scene. This young lady is no stranger. Who's this? That's good. And you ready to do it, Miss Gooden? Yes, sir. She's of the second generation from the Goodens on the super scene. And guess what, guys? Everybody loves New Edition, right? Everybody loves New Edition? Great new group coming up. We've got not one. Um, it was cool because I got a chance to meet a lot of artists. I mean, um, I've met Rick James, who, who, who came uh, when he was, oftentimes when these artists were, were coming up, they, you know, they would actually come to the scene or we would tape something. Uh, Vanity Six. Oh, my God. The fact that I got a chance to hang out with them. I've met the time. Uh, Morris Day. Local grown talent was always on Morris's mind. He made it a point to go out and seek unknown but talented Detroiters and bring them to the show. And that's what Morris did, debuting artists who were mixing sounds in a new way and helping usher in a whole new genre born right here in Detroit. This is the Super 
we're seeing the shuttle rocks nonstop. Now we go into a super hot mix provided by Mr. Humphreys, okay, Mr. David Humphreys. Check out the screen for our mixologist of today. So techno being local, Juan Atkins would personally bring every new song he had down and want us to play it. And the good part about it was is that it was local and it had enough beats per minute that when we put it on, we got excitement. We got a lot more hot shots from the dancers, you know, basically shaking. And Morris says it was the perfect sound for a fast-paced music show. We were able to see, you know, with the techno, uh, like I say, the electronic music uh, provided us with, you know, more action. And if you look at the shows, especially like 82, it started like maybe late 81, 82, those songs became more consistently released. begin to play them more and then uh, I don't know if Juan and those guys were listening to songs like Planet Rock and Electric Kingdom but that's kind of like they were able to do it and and we were very glad to you know play you know cosmic cars you know unfortunately the scene lasted only until the late 80s 1987 after a decade of music discovery national and global recognition conversations and overall cultural tastemakers dancers like david rudolph and television viewers like my parents came of age watching morris learning style dance moves and overall swag Morris said there was a lot of reasons the show was successful. There's so many reasons why the legacy continues on. But one theme reigned supreme. Representation matters. And that, to me, is one of the reasons why the show became successful, is that African-Americans could see African-Americans on TV. And, and, and that, that, that was amazing because it had not been so. If you, you know, it was like, I don't know. You can check out old clips and footage of the scene on YouTube. Just Google Nat Morris or The Scene. I'm Tia Graham, WDET News. That was Tia Graham's amazing story on the history and impact of The Scene. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know, this once again, it kind of snowballed. It started with Matt, and then I had a coworker here and says, I think I know a dancer who was on the show. And then I happened to know who that was, David. So I said, okay, well, let me call David and get him involved in the conversation as well. So it kind of just grew and grew and grew until a, lar- a longer uh, form story. But honestly, I did not expect the impact um and, and the cultural movement that it was the scene. And so you hear my like my aunts and my uncles. And once again, people who have heard this story so far, I've already said, like, 
it literally took me back to high school, back in the you know, late 70s, early 80s. It put me right back to where I was, going to the mall, wearing the jackets with the buckles and the hairstyles and the glitter and the glitz and the glam. And it was just like really just a fun story to, to, to research and tell. It was a really fun story to listen to. And, you know, I think, you know, as, as people working in the media, I also know David Rudolph and I didn't know this history. <laughs> and so, so it's kind of fun to think of these kids grew up, you know, and they're just moving around. Yeah. <laughs> just moving around in the world. In society. Right? Every single day they were dancing on the scene and now they're just, you know, regular professionals, regular people just living life. Right. It's amazing to just think that they had that cultural stamp. On uh, uh, on so many Detroiters and Metro Detroiters' minds, I had a lot of people who lived in the suburbs, growing up in the suburbs, who said, we watched the scene just as much. We watched it every day, just like everyone else did. So it was truly impactful for, like, Southeastern Michigan. Whomever could pick up the channel, they were watching it. And that's just something that I know for a fact I could not understand because I just wasn't there, you know? Um, and it's important that uh, we know this history and the legacy, especially in the city of Detroit. That's so true, though, that impact throughout Southeast Michigan. I when I lived in New York City, I you know was a part of a community of Detroit expats. Mm-hmm. And we had this just this sense of, of music and, and dancing and, and things that came from the scene and the new dance show, which, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, that people around us were just kind of like, what are you guys talking about? But and here's the thing, too, about the scene that I think is really interesting for me. There was music on the scene that I still don't know if it was only local. Like, I don't know if some of this music even made it out of Detroit I don't, you know, it was so much a part of local culture and I'm not sure what the boundaries are. I love that so much. We often talk about that now today about uh, local rap here in the city of Detroit being so hyped like this in this bubble, this Detroit bubble. And that's kind of what techno felt like for so long. When you talk about Juan Atkins, some of the people who are featured on uh, the scene, you think about that like were people and honestly, now that we're looking at it, so many people didn't understand and still don't know that techno was discovered here was made here it started here so you know when we think about that little bubble i don't think a lot of that traveled out as far as we um would have liked to see it during that time and a lot of people have since taken claim of uh being the birthplace of techno which is very interesting very interesting yeah so tell me a little bit more about how you became aware of the scene you've mentioned you know that it was something that was important to your parents but i'm like how did you come to know of its existence literally family like they all grew up they said in high school they would go home after school run to the tv and watch nat morris in the scene they would watch for the dances my mom's friend was even on it at one point as well so you know just coming home or just listening to my family talk about these stories especially my dad and my aunts who grew up in the city of detroit they talk about just the importance of having that particular channel number one wgpr as well as uh, making sure that uh, black people had representation at that time was huge. It was something that, number one, wasn't seen before, but just to have it there in a way that was so big and so popular, it was um, it was very important for them to continue to pass that legacy down. So they would just tell me these stories about just the things that they would do after watching the scene, going to the, the, the store, or hearing music that they heard from the scene first at the skating rink or at the uh, uh, whatever they were doing at the community fair, whatever it may have been for kids at that time. Um, um, this, just talking about this, how important it was to have 
in life. And if you missed an episode, you were literally like an outcast for a day. Like you had to, you know, like you didn't know what was going on. You don't know what you missed. You don't know the music you just missed. You out, you out the loop. <laughs> the kids don't know. That's why I say it's you just don't. We wouldn't know because we have Twitter and everything is like right at our fingertips. You literally had to go to TV to watch it. And if you missed it, you missed it. And that was it. And it wasn't just music. It was the dancing and it was fashion. You know, I mean, this was a whole local cultural phenomenon. Phenomenon. And like David said in the story, he would go to the mall and be recognized because people would watch it religiously. It was a thing that was every night, the whole family, teens, kids, mom and pops, everyone was watching it. So just uh, having my aunts and my dad, like I said, pass that story, stories down to me. On a regular basis, honestly, we were just together for Labor Day uh, not too long ago and um, definitely saw some yearbook photos from the 70s. So it was great, though. Learned a lot. But um, just keeping that legacy alive and just learning those stories from my family is very important. So wanted to do a story just um, to kind of uh, show the what I've learned from my family, you know. So. You kind of have your finger on the pulse of the culture, the young people, the youths. <laughs> Try. <laughs> what can we compare this to now? Is there anything that we could compare, you know, the scene and its role in in Detroit culture at the at the time when it was, you know, being produced? Is there anything we can compare that to that's happening right now? Not right now as not as not right now. Let's just put it that way. I'm hoping that one day, you know, WDT could be a place for uh, uh, something like that or, or even culture shift, whatever it may be. I think WDT is the perfect place to be the beginning or the start of pushing our um, artistry out a little bit further, getting it out and heard to different audiences and different folks. So that way we can show and highlight what we're doing here in the city of Detroit. Um, but right now, Everything is just so fragmented and so niche. You, you, you like what you like and you kind of listen to what you like. You like what you don't. You know, you know, it's just kind of like a, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what people are right now and how to get a mass amount of people doing one thing at one time. So I just think if we started to bring some of these little niche communities together and uh, start to build a little bit bigger community, then we can start having a conversation about what we can do to kind of ha- to do the same thing that the scene did for our artists today. But it's um, so many small little groups. It's hard to bring them all together right now. So that's what we're, we're kind of facing. It's just trying to bring everyone together. Yeah. Well, I hear your WDET plug and I'm not mad at you. And I'm going <laughs> to raise you that if you did any dancing during Tia's amazing the scene story, it is time for you to support WDET, which is listener funded public radio. But This was such a great story. I enjoyed it so, 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 so much. Thank Thank you for doing it. Thank you for sharing it, Tia Graham. Thank you. Sasha, thank you. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. And just once again, to just do it and have um, people from the city growing, born and raised in the city or even just Metro Detroit, just kind of have that nostalgia moment sitting in the car. Like, yeah, I remember what I was doing or where I was or the things that were happening in my life during this time. It's just like a great, uh, great feedback. Great, great feeling. Yeah, it was it was. So much fun to hear and really kind of heart nurturing. So I I loved it. Thank Thank you. you.
<laughs> and thank you, dear listener, for joining us for the Detroit Evening Report weekends, where we spend some time with the people and places that make Detroit special. If you have any great ideas about things we ought to be paying attention to, people we ought to be talking to, places we ought to be going, drop us a line at Detroit Evening Report at WDET.org. Thanks for listening, and we will see you Monday. Thank you.